Are, are rabbits and bunnies different things? Connected by a void. By party so they're not connected. That is technically correct. <laughs> the best kind of correct. Yep. That should have been mine! It even had swinging dicks! I prefer to stick in one place and kind of do that. My lover was drunk. Hello and welcome to the Emotive Pixels podcast. This is our episode for Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. I am Will Atkinson, and I am joined by... Nate Stevens. Craig Schumer. Brian Pachuki. Polly Kroll. Be warned, there are spoilers ahead, ye matey. We are going into a dangerous, dangerous space time. So we're going to start off with our question. What is your favorite local multiplayer experience? A- anything related to Ultimate Chicken Horse has been the best experience. From when I first saw it at PAX over in the corner with the fan just blowing on the surface and a bunch of people gathered around chortling, it was kind of my favorite. Does everyone know it? No, so what is Ultimate Chicken Horse for so, our so listeners it's, it's, that have no idea what the fuck you're talking about? Yeah, I've never, <laughs> never seen don't Ultimate be, Chicken Horse either. Just do so, it for me, not the okay, listeners. Pa- pa- yeah, not, yeah, for Polly. I'll do it for Polly. Do it for Polly. Is this but game I, even I out yet? I know what it is. Yeah, I know. It's but for our listeners. Yeah, it is out. It is out. It's on Steam. Is this early access? Yeah, uh, No, it's, thank God... It is a game wherein you have various levels that have a start point and an end point connected by a void. And at the beginning of each level, you get like I a party box. I think that would box. mean they're not connected. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That is technically correct. The best kind of correct. Yep. Everyone races for an object, and you build a level that in theory is completable. But in reality, what happens is everyone tries to make something that's fiendishly difficult because most of the pieces are like rotating buzz saws or whatever else. And it's a platforming title, so yeah, all you're so doing is jumping to, to the end. And if everyone makes it to the end, nobody gets any points. Otherwise, it's one point per person who reaches to the end. So you want to make it difficult but solvable. So it's cooperatively competitive. Yeah, it's cooperatively dickish. Yeah. Okay. All right, Craig. I was thinking going back a little bit ways and remembering playing. Uh, Gunstar Heroes on the Sega Genesis with my brother is pretty fantastic. And then things from the N64 days, like Perfect Dark and having four uh, people on yeah. controllers with Perfect Dark doing multiplayer was fucking fantastic. Oh, can I add? And way better than GoldenEye. Can so I add? I don't want to hear any of your shit. Since Craig just gave like No, Golden, Perfect Dark was good, but GoldenEye was better. Yeah. No, you're an idiot. You guys are both retarded. No, like Perfect Dark. Sorry, Perfect cut that out. That was inappropriate. Mentally disabled. <laughs> yeah, you guys are both idiots. <laughs> Perfect Dark was a successor to GoldenEye. So yes, they improved on things, but GoldenEye yep, was what did it yeah but perfect dark got better weapons it was was a better game i don't disagree with the pedigree that goldeneye laid out but perfect dark you only need goldeneye you only need one level and you only need uh, objection i don't care about either you only need the the remote control (laughs) mines and one level in goldeneye i had one more okay Time splitters. Well, well yeah, all right. And so designing which, the levels and like, okay, which what was the one that was future perfect? Future perfect. Yeah, where you design the levels. It just I was running around in those levels with my friends for hours. Oh god, the snowman! I'm melting. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian. What was <laughs> okay? So for me, well, there's a bunch. The podcast crew. We played a, a number of great local ga- multiplayer games. Um, Mount your friends. No, oh, I forgot. That should have been mine. Uh, I, it even had swinging dicks. We know why you like to mount your friends. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, Idarb was a really good one. Oh, Idarb is great. And then I could th- I could go back in time and think of just two-player games, even the original uh, Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario World. Double Dragon. Mario Party. Double and Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the... 
Oh, yeah. NES? Oh, uh, and I highly recommend watching Giant Bomb play Mario Party. It's hysterical. It's a long time suck because it takes them like four or five hours to do each game, and they've done like five so far, but it's funny. But I think the best, maybe the best and funniest thing I've seen is Giant Bomb Velvet Sundown, which is Will's favorite. Velvet <laughs> Sunrise. Or Sunrise or whatever, yeah. That's hysterical, just watching them. T- I don't think that counts as local, though. Uh, well, it's local to, to them. All right, so, Polly, what's your favorite local multiplayer game? Like Brian, so many come to mind. Going back to the old days, it's not even that enjoyable, but I just always remember playing Lethal Enforcers on the SNES <laughs> with my brother with the pink and blue guns and everything like that. But definitely not my favorite, but great experience. Uh, more Good memories re- More recently, I really had a lot of fun when my brother recently visited, and we played the hell out of Towerfall. So much fun with that game. But my favorite multiplayer experience actually wasn't too long ago. Local multiplayer. Played through, I, well, we're still playing through the Trine series, but I played through Trine 2 specifically with my girlfriend. And oh. that game is great. It's so much fun. It's cute. Neat little story. It's like pick up and place. You can just do a couple of missions or you can go through the whole thing if you want to. It's infuriating sometimes. And sometimes it's like, oh, our teamwork was great. It's just, I love that game. It's it gorgeous. Really- what about Simpsons yeah. Arcade game? Ooh, that was a lot of fun too. But I don't, we're getting into arcade now, so. So for some reason, you bringing up old stuff reminded me of Bubble Bobble for the NES. Is that? Bubble Bobble. I don't know why that one in particular just oh, shot I into my head. I also have a shirt. That's- and although I don't know it's that it's my favorite one, I think one game that I really want to call out is a game from the PS3 era called Slam Bolt Scrappers. It was what? kind of a oh. side-by-side brawler where you would go and beat up pe- uh, beat up people and you would get a Tetris piece and then you'd take a Tetris piece back to your base and so then you would build up your base and your base would be attacking the other person's base the whole time. I thought it was really a cool idea. All right, to start us off, Brian, can you give us a quick synopsis of the story for Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time? Yeah, so there's not that big of a plot of this game. The game kind of centers on... You are these characters who live in in the universe. I don't know what universe it's supposed to be. Some kind of rabbity thing. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a million different types of characters. So, like, some are rabbits, some are... You get other characters as you... I didn't you... see any rabbits. I saw bunnies, space bunnies. Bunnies, rabbits, and... Good clarification, Polly. Bunnies Seriously? Just... Are, are rabbits and bunnies different things? I don't know. Are, are they? you saying they're the same? No. Like, are, yeah, are you saying they're different? Out. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was like, what the hell is going on? Uh, yeah, so basically, I think it goes that love has conquered all, and the universe is in this tranquil... State of harmony. You know, nirvana of peace, and you work with this these group of scientists who are kind of spreading love throughout the whole universe, and... And it just gets all over the face, and it's <laughs> Yeah, it's all... <laughs> it's, it gets all in the crevices and everywhere. So one day, you guys just kind of go too far in your quest for science and anti-love spreads out instead of love which then starts attacking all the love and taking over in order to restore peace to the universe you have to bring balance to the force so to speak yeah so you have to get ardor reactors a-r-d-o-r which is pieces of the reactor that makes up the love machine that creates all the love whatever so yeah you're you're tasked with taking your little spaceship which is basically like a circular orb and going through campaign missions to defeat celestial beings who are stars that get corrupted by the anti-love 
And once you defeat the, the four main bosses, you collect all the pieces of the Ardor Reactor and you restore love to the universe. So it sounded like you had some problems with anti-love, this concept in general, Polly. Yeah, it was green. I like green. Uh, I thought it was bad that they made anti-love green. That is all, because I like green. All right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some pretty serious criticism. That is. We're going to get deep on this podcast. One of the, the key constructs behind this game is that it's built for two players, although I think it eh, seems like about half of us played this game solo. Um, I think each of us have touched the co-op. Yeah, let's just quickly go around the table. Yep. Nate, how did you play this game? With my lover, Craig. It was a dangerous space time. Craig, how it's did true. you play this game? <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Thanks. I played it with... Uh, Your brother? Yeah, I played it with my brother. <laughs> and I played it with Nate. Nate's an afterthought. Mostly, I was just looking for my lover. Did you find time. that the two of them played significantly different, or playing with either of them changed your gaming experience yes i did actually yeah Nate so sucks my brother's game. just better at games <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes that is true no so i prefer to stick at one place and kind of do that yeah i was gonna say nate definitely was like more of like the driver and just kind of navigating around where my brother is much more of being like he likes to be in the cockpit and <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> So Nate sticks it one place, and your brother likes to be in the cockpit. Got it. Nate sticks it in one place and then just drives it. <laughs> and then, yes, we were all 10 years old. It was amazing. Yeah, he, it, I mean, he hit the boosters hard, too. So. I, do, I, do, I do know how to punch it. Yeah, it was weird. He kept bumping into the wall. <laughs> Nate, just, why do you bump into the wall? It, so well, it was kind of like the object was too big for the environment. Then, you know? It's true. He was just swinging the ball on so, the wall. And then he got on like Jesus. the wrecking ball. Jesus. I did. I did get the wrecking ball. I was swinging balls yeah. freely and blowing them through spaceships and things were exploding. And I was like, whoa. So we'll get to running into the walls in just a second now. Uh, Brian, yeah, got, how did it, you experience this game? Uh, so I predominantly played this game single player, which allows you to play with AI controlled second player. So you, you always play this game with two characters and I had the AI... Though I was over Polly's with Will as well, and we did have a kind of 20, 30 minute playthrough. I think it was you guys' first time, oh um, but I had played it previously. I have a tiny bit of exposure yeah. to the human co op. Polly? I also was there when we played the game together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you were, hold on, you were at Polly's place? I was at my we, house. I don't remember too much of it. We were, we were drinking that night. I imbibed in a bit of bourbon. I, I, Wait, what type of bourbon? Elijah Craig? Yeah. 12 years. Oh, okay. So, Courtesy okay. of good, good call. Brian right, Chucky over here. But I don't remember too much of our first... I remember getting through the... Uh, <laughs> get, I don't remember. So Brian got me drunk on bourbon, and we played Lovers, wait, 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 and I, I, I woke know, up. No I still have all my here, clothes man. on, so it was enjoyable. Right. Well, yeah, unless yeah, Will was going to take your clothes off, I wasn't, so... But I also tried messing around with the game in single player a little bit. I, I went through this tutorial just to kind of understand how it worked. And it's neat that you get to pick a pet, either a dog or a cat. And you, really? assign, them to yep. a, you assign them to a, like mm, you press really? hold triangle and push a yep, button that's to correct. make them go to a station, which is neat. Oh. But I didn't enjoy it still. Like I think this game is primarily for competitive. So I told my girlfriend we're playing it. And we've been playing it through it. Although I haven't completed it, we're having a lot of fun with it. I think it really depends on who you play with. Oh, so question. I think that about wraps up our discussion. Yeah, <laughs> it might be about it. Is the AI... 
like does the game pause while you reassign them to another yes. thing? Or it's like, like a slow pause. So you hit another. triangle and it basically highlights each of the stations, and then you use the control stick to move which station, like what direction of the uh, corresponding. Right, but the it's a, I don't think it, it pauses it. I think it slows point? it down and it a whole lot. Slows it severely. Like it's not a okay. it's not an exact pause, but it's basically the equivalent it's almost like of bats. a pause. Got it. So oh, you just it's just like bats, actually. Yeah. You just get your pro yeah. controller with the turbo switch, and then you could play the game real good. My experience was basically the same. Played it together in the group, and then finished it up on my own. And I found that my dog in the game followed directions way better than Polly did. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! But Polly, you mentioned you played this game with your girlfriend. Do you think that this makes for a good girlfriend game? Absolutely. No, I think this game, I actually saw a little bit of interviews with the developer and, and whatnot. And this is a difficult game, so I would be very cautious if you're going to go into this playing with anybody who's not a regular all-the-time video game player, somebody who's not too comfortable with a controller, but I would definitely put on what casual mode. What difficulty are you playing it on? Casual mode and then normal. I don't think there's a hard. I was told that the developers removed the hard mode from the game to make casual huh. mode. Um, because it was too hard, and they really wanted to have the opportunity for you to play with your girlfriend or grandma or daughter or son or whatever right. it's going to be. Just someone that's guess, not necessarily like a person that's sitting at home playing games on a regular basis. Yeah, so, so I, I played it on is. the default. I think that was normal. It's normal, yeah. Yeah, default's normal. Right. There's so two the below that. Is, there is would, casual, and then there's beginner. Oh, I didn't even notice I jumped beginner. To, so in I order to complete the game, the normal difficulty, I was completing missions and getting like all the, you rescue uh, your, your space bunnies as you go and they open up the, the warp portal to the next mission. You only need five to rescue to go on, but they have 10 in each mission. So I was doing all 10, collecting them all, but it was taking a lot of time. And in order to speed up the process to complete it before the podcast, I moved it down to beginner, but I don't know how many difficulties ahead. I thought there might be been two but if you're saying they removed hard mode maybe there was only one above normal that's what the, I, I listened to an interview and he said that they they had hard mode and normal mode and they changed it so it's that's what i was told that they changed it to have a casual mode and normal mode to make it yeah more i only saw casual comfort. and normal but go ahead Nate. there's the definitely question a beginner this, Polly, would you kind of recommend a way f- like, yes so you were saying it's absolutely like a- the thing is it really depends on who you're playing it with like your relationship with them i think because this kind of game you can communicate, but it's not the easiest game to communicate. Like go down to the bottom one I, and shoot from there. Things are or going like that. much quicker than yeah. you have time to like. You do you have to have people that just are willing to react with each other. I think you just got to be willing to yell "Go down." That's all. So the game would be like a lot different playing if I wasn't drunk with me and Will than playing with me and my girlfriend. I believe because he's more comfortable with the controller and understands more of the like uh, parts of games that are just ingrained in our skulls somehow but i definitely had a blast playing with her it's a simple enough game you pretty much move your character around and shoot yeah i mean i think especially if you have us who are more you know for lack of a better word seasoned video game players sophisticated um and more like you know people who are either casual or just kind of picking it up you know like are not very into i think the way i use the ai i think you could sort of use the uh, the player you know the the second player like that where you just have them like okay you go to the station or you take the shield mm-hmm. and just have them kind of stay there and they can just fire the gun and there's not much they need to do and then you can control the movement of the ship and take some of the other stations i i almost did all it kind of kills off the cooperative <laughs> nature then it does but i'm just saying it seems like if you had somebody who wasn't like i wonder how craig and your brother or craig and nate played it because 
all three of you guys are, you know, like have experience playing games. So it's just more, I wonder like how, you know, you guys probably did it more co-op, but I'm saying like a casual person, it might be easier to do that. Yeah, I was going to say, I guess, and it depends on even being more experienced gamers or whatever. Like it, it changes how you play depending on the person you're playing with too. Like I know my brother's play style is more aggressive, so I knew that he was going to be more on the guns and just <laughs> trying to pretty much fuck everyone up. And then I, Nate, I think, is not necessarily as aggressive and more thoughtful about his actions. So, <laughs> Oh, a compliment was thrown in there. Yeah. Oh, nice. Did you say that Nate is a tender lover? <laughs> yeah. Nate is a tentative lover. Yeah, that's true. That is tentative? True. He's tender. tender. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I mean... I was pushing that rig into some walls. You were... I mean, you were thrusting pretty hard. All right, we'll get back to the, <laughs> the wall stuff in a moment here, but... I, <clears throat> The one piece that I, I did run into being difficult is, so I played it on normal throughout the whole game and was just kind of going for the end for most of the game, but it wasn't up until the final boss that I really hit like a difficulty wall, and I probably spent two hours just beating the final boss, trying him over and over and over again. I finally figured out that if I rushed through it, went all tack power really quick right off the bat, it was way more powerful way to kill him than some of the other strategies where I was trying to play a little more reclusive. What did you guys think about the different bosses in this game? I liked the, the way they... They were very simple, but I, I liked the kind of creative nature of them, that they were like stars, and that the anti-love comes into them and then makes them evil. And then when you beat them, the evil reactor turns back into the love reactor, and then they become the happy star beings again. But I don't think any 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 boss was necessarily like structurally, you know, sophisticated. There wasn't. Oh, you got to do this to open up this to do that. It was basically like, okay. Find the area that you shoot at and shoot there, and eventually you'll just win. You, you know, I played two of the bosses on normal, and they were very easy. And it sounds like you you played. I played the other two on beginner, but it sounded like you played all four and. Except for the last boss, you didn't really have any trouble. So I don't think there was any kind of challenge to a lot of I thought the game was fairly challenging. Being competitive, I thought it was more challenging than if you could just... Because like, that's the whole thing about this game. Cooperating with somebody else who doesn't know what you're trying to do is difficult. But if you're controlling yeah. the other person, then that makes yeah, it... Yeah, maybe. Though though it's I was like, interested, since Will and I kind of mostly played it single player, I was interested in what you did with the AI. Because what I found was the easiest was just to stick the AI character on the shield the whole time. And they were really good at just blocking most everything. Like, that, you know, occasionally you would get huh. fired on from both sides, but I would move the ship, and then when I got into the guys, I would stop, go to the different guns, and kill all the enemies, and the computer would just move the shield and pretty much block most things, including the bosses. Um, so this kind of leads into the next thing I want to talk about, but I used um, this ship. I think it's the bubble ship or something like that. Yeah, I think the bubble gum, I think. Bubble gum ship, something yeah, like that. because it's like the a pink... Looks like a circle. So I, guess. Uh, so I pick. So I'm talking about the red one where the engine's just at the bottom of the ship. Oh, okay. Oh, the nice thing about that one so, is that, um, so to navigate the ship, it rotates the entire ship, and so that's the spinny one. Yeah. Yeah. So I would put the shield in one particular spot, and then as I was driving, I was also quasi controlling where the shield was pointing because it rotated the entire okay. thing around with it. But then how would you fire guns? Because you'd have to. So be then the... I used my AI and just put them in the direction oh, of so whichever thing. Oh, so you just kept thing. moving them from gun yeah. to gun. Yeah. Hmm. But it was pretty quick, and then they took out things really quick for me. But you so. don't get that ship until you're level like eight or something. So you had to play a lot of the game before you got that ship. Yeah, it took took a little while. I was. So I'm gonna say that 
just from hearing what you guys are saying that the game doesn't sound as fun when you're not playing with another person because it feels like you're part of the entertainment that i was getting out of the game was the fact that i wasn't in complete control of what was happening like i didn't know if nate was going to turn the ship all of a sudden or if uh or if my brother wanted to try and get to a specific gun and then all of a sudden i'm turning it and it's like going away from where he's trying to shoot and it's like yeah, there was entertainment created by the chaos that you're forced into. Yeah, by yeah it definitely having sounds someone else like that you're not in control of that. Con- that chaos that two two humans brings definitely seems like it ups the fun level. Yeah, like we I had an experience where when when you save some of the bunnies, it sets off like a time bomb, and the bomb kind of makes a light that expands, and you have to run away from it. There's multiple paths you can go on, and it's kind of like me and my girlfriend not both being on the same page as where I'm going to drive the ship and where she's supposed to be shooting is it gets hectic and it gets it, that's like where the fun comes from like no shoot that that button up there or that kind of thing it's a lot more fun than I would think if I just had my cat there and I press triangle to make him shoot the thing the <clears throat> the AI was on the guns was really good at shooting people but there, at one point in the game you have to shoot the stars to basically you have to do bank shots to kill things oh the solar flare so yeah the suns yeah the little solar flares. and the ai was horrible at that I oh was like, yeah Ugh. well because the thing is the ai doesn't really know what where to do so it just kind of goes with the, the same thing if it's on the shield it just goes with whatever's it views as the closest to what it can do like if there's enemies they're like i hey, stop and you have to shoot the solar flare to melt bank it off the, so, the the solar you know your gun to shoot the solar flare which then fires fireballs at wherever direction banked and then that melts the ice if it hits the, the enemy. But the computer like never did that unless it was like right up close to it because it always tried to attack the enemies. And yeah. Anything else interesting about the mechanics before we move on? Kind of. I feel, feel so, like the mechanics, yeah. the visual design of the mechanics was really cool. Not just in the bosses. Like I said, that that time bomb thing. And they they kept. I feel like the. I haven't gotten to the end of the game, but I keep feeling like new stuff is being introduced, but it's super easy to figure out. Just dumb things like when you shoot the bunny cage and then it gets sucked into the planet and you have to kill the people that are on the planet and then the bunny comes out. And yeah, you it tricks the you. There, there's things like, like that. I just think it's back to the point of playing cooperatively with people who don't normally play games. It's like very well visually designed as to what you have to do without giving you an objective like shoot this thing or anything like that. I thought that was cool. I was thinking about the actual design of the ship and how that works from a cooperative standpoint. And Nate and I were reflecting yesterday. He can talk about this a little bit too, but I can't think of another game where it was designed in this particular instance of having to be cooperatively manning the ship and constantly moving around the way the ship's designed. I just thought it was interesting just having... Having co-op embedded in the nature of the mechanics. Yeah, it's really interesting that the, the ship also being a spear it's not just two spots like it's not just either you're shooting in front of you or behind you it's like you have to be aware of 360 degrees that you can have an impact on and like having four stations that you can shoot at and then the shield station and then the kind of special station just like all of those combined i just i can't think of another title that has the mechanics so deeply embedded i think the next time you guys are in town we should totally try out slam bolt scrappers because while not exactly the same way there's a piece in you have to coordinate how you're building your tower how you're building your things and which pieces you're going for so that there's like three different things you're concentrating on all at the same time that does kind of get that same feeling as you are as you did in the in the lovers strangely enough i find this game comparative to space team even though it's a completely different style game, but the same kind of competitive, you have to get something done and you're trying to manage multiple things at one time. Trying to communicate to others what you want them to do while still trying to do your own thing 
is like where this game shines, I think, and that's why how it relates to Space Team for me. What is Space Team? I haven't heard of it. Space Team is a uh, iOS game, iOS game, right? Where you're you have a control panel on your screen, and it's like a verbal game. So multiple people are playing in the same room, and it'll say you'll have four controls, and one of them will be like defibrillator and there'll be a switch on it and somebody else's screen will say switch on the defibrillator so they have to tell you that but everybody has commands at the same time so it's like constant (laughs) yelling match between everybody but none of the things are real words and some of them are just pictures so you'll be like like if it was a bluetooth symbol which isn't an example but if you like turn bluetooth on but imagine like they're just being an alien symbol it's like a pitchfork with a circle underneath it turn that to seven because there's like multiple levels as the game gets harder so it's it's that really hard to explain probably doesn't make any sense what i just said but check out space no, team because it it's awesome it yeah, so it sounds almost like jackbox i'm thinking of like, like uh, keep talking and nobody explodes yes. Yeah, yeah. like that yes that kind of asynchronous thing where you have to work together without being able to see what the other person sees. absolutely and i think this game lovers in a dangerous space time relates to that style of game we should yeah. try that one as you well. have to be able to rely on other people to do things or tell you things without necessarily having the time to be able to give the audio cues because like the fact that it is a shooter and that there's constantly enemies bombarding you there's not enough time to pause and plan out your attack like you have to be just reacting to the environment yeah so paula you mentioned that you saw this thing at the emp which is the experience music project here in seattle next to the space needle what was it doing there why why was this thing there's a exhibit at the emp indie games um where they just have in indie games showcased there in the uh (laughs) museum and pretty much there's a room full of select successful mostly indie games and this was one of them so i went there i've gone there multiple times i went when it opened actually and didn't get a a chance the kesha game is the best and i didn't get a chance to play it then but i did go back with uh some family and i actually got to play that game with my niece and that's another way i played this game actually in the emp with my niece and like she thought it was so cute and like we, we didn't do very well but still it was a lot of fun it is really pretty yeah it was on a big screen TV and they had nice like arcade style control panels, but they looked real futuristic. So it was like almost like you were in like a space ship of some sort kind of thing. It was cool. Huh. Cool. Mr. Nate, you had uh, looked up a little bit about the music of this game. Do you mind uh, filling us in? It is by Ryan Henwood, who is also from Toronto. And is the studio in Toronto? Yeah, Asteroid oh, okay. Bass is in Toronto. And that's really about all that I... It's like dance pop, Euro pop kind of music it's with a little bit of orchestra space orchestra in it yeah yeah didn't really reach out to anybody in particular right it's just kind no. of a, just kind of no, there. I it seemed it like nice fine. yeah music. like it seemed I, fitting to it but it yeah. wasn't something where i thought that i was going to listen to it outside of the game yeah yeah nate? yeah i feel I, like nate seems opposed I, to that I was, I was offended by the word ambient but otherwise yes i agree oh, okay yeah it fit with this world where there were like bunnies unlocking cosmic <laughs> space gates like yeah you wouldn't have any other music than dance pop like this yeah the last thing I have on my list is, Polly, you were going to tell us about who actually developed this game? This is actually their first uh, major game. They also did a smaller game called Shuriken Skies, which is a uh, ninja flight game of some sort. Sounds very unpleasant. Yeah, that, yeah, that sounds great. Was Did you guys have any expectations for this? I they, thought it was a ripoff of, Pix, of Pixel Junk Shooter. This is kind of what I expected out of it when... When I first saw it, like the first time I actually saw it was at the EMP, okay. and I saw I was like, there was the a screen, and I was like, oh, that's that's a neat idea. You can have multiple people controlling different parts of a spaceship, kind of like, um, I think the idea that's often referenced is Star Wars, where Luke and Han kind of go to their stations and fight off. Um, yeah, I saw this ships. at one or two of the 
Pax. I think of the name of the Star Wars. Pax I. The name Falcon. <laughs> I saw this at. Sorry. I saw this at one or two of the Paxes and thought, hey, that looks like a really cool co-op game. And that little piece, I did, didn't feel like it. The inability to communicate between the two people, I think, was more of a problem than I was expecting from those experiences. Yeah, I think now knowing how it is to single play, I think it would be neat if you could kind of suggest on screen where you want the other person to go or what to do. Like, because they already yeah, have yes. the triangle function. That would be cool. I don't know why you wouldn't be able to like just highlight a zone and be like, go there, stupid. But um, Or even if you use like the D-pad. The other like, thing I was surprised is that it is only two-player. I don't yeah. understand. Like, I, I know it would be a lot easier, but I don't know why you couldn't have people at every station. Well then, wrecking I, stuff. I was that just thinking just of that. I was like, man, I wish just said it would be easy. Like, way yeah. easy. But but it would also be cool because like I don't know what's wrong with a game where like everybody's on their own part of a spaceship. This two is people your gun. and two pets and yeah. One of the spaceships I glossed over it is one player can go on the left half and one player can go on the right half and yeah, they, the they, two they, shall not mix. They have like uh, the station. Like you get more health on your ship. You get like I think twenty percent more health, but. All the stations are broken off, so you can only go into certain stations. So they're like separated lovers? Yes. Aww, and then what Will lovers said, but equal. And then what Will said, the third ship is basically you don't get damage for bumping into the wall. And that should have been Nate's ship, obviously. Right? I, yeah. I, we did not get that far. I, yeah. But uh, it spins but. around, like Will was saying earlier. Was the game deeper than you expected? Because, like... At face value, when I saw a trailer for it, I didn't expect there to be like any sort of upgrade path or really anything. Like I thought it was going to be a much more simplified version of what was actually there. Like I was surprised there was even a leveling up mechanic. Yeah. Like that that caught me by surprise, honestly, and a pleasant one too. I was like, oh, this is neat. Me too. I had the same exact reaction. Like it didn't blow me away, but I was like, oh, wow, that's a neat idea. Like you get the presence and you upgrade certain parts of your ship. Yeah, the, the presents were cute. And, and like yeah, I said earlier, gems. like the difference between like enemies and how it, how it kind of adapts, like they could have easily like just put out this game, like everything is just like it is in the tutorial. There's just enemies and you could shoot them with just the same guns. What I like about the upgrades is that um, as you upgraded your stations, you could put just, you could start out by putting one gem in, but then you could upgrade it so you could put two gems in each station and you could do the gun. There was four guns, one on each north, east, south, west part of your ship. And then there was like a super gun that would rotate around your ship. And then you had your your moving station, like where you would fire your thruster to move. And then you had a shield. And each one of those could take up to two gems. And you could mix and match gems. So you had like a power gem, which was just kind of do more damage or fire faster. You had like a beam gem, which turned it into like a, a beam. And then you had this metal gem. And depending on, you could mix and match. You could have a metal gem and a beam gem. And then that made a totally different thing, depending on, or you could have like two of one type of gem or, you know, like. So I, like I did rounders. like that system. Yeah, so you could yeah. like totally make these cool things. Like I loved the thruster where you put, you know, you put it on, like you, I did one, I think one beam gem and one metal gem and you would the metal gem would throw a kind of like cow traps as you would go behind you and then the beam gem like when you release the the thruster would fire this huge beam so i could run away if i was getting overwhelmed and throw these cow traps behind me and then when i would really you know if enemies got too close i would release the thruster and fire this beam which would kill everything right in its path so hmm. i thought that was kind of cool I, I did like those in the one i didn't like was if you put two of the metal gems on the guns then it yeah, that that was it becomes like a throw, like one of those um, big old swinging balls swing, like yeah. meat lengths. 
Yep. <laughs> but I did like the two metals on the shield because then it became this just huge metal shield. Like wall thing. And yeah. it almost covered like almost half of your ship. <laughs> like not quite. Oh, more, cool. more like a quarter of your ship probably. But it was like huge and it was spiky so you could ram things with it and stuff. That was kind of oh. All right, so let's bring us around for our final thoughts. And to kick us off, Nate, what did you think about this game? This game was okay. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks. Insightful. Thanks. It reminded Thoughtful. Me of, okay, I'll give you something else. Five. Okay. It reminded me of Pixel Junk Shooter, except slightly uglier and slightly more mechanically interesting. Your okay, opinions. if you're so offended, you're up next. <laughs> <laughs> No, so I, I actually originally when you guys were like, all right, let's let's play this. I was reluctant to to go into it, and I watched the trailer, and I'm like, okay, maybe this will be fun, maybe not. But then getting into it, I was like, wait, okay, there's more than one ship, which I didn't expect. And then there was the leveling up, and then there was the weapon mechanics built into the actual guns of having the multiple gems that you could put into it, which reminded me of Gunstar Heroes, which, as aforementioned at the beginning of the podcast, big fan of. And there's just more there than I expected. And it was, the game is, it's very pretty. It's very, it's got like that neon colors and it's just bright, pop, crisp, clear, runs perfectly. Like it's just, it's fun. And it's, for games that a lot of couch games are mostly competitive and need like a large group of people. So you need at least like four people. It's cool to just have a game that you can just play just with two people sitting next to each other and go through it in a cooperative way. So I was enjoying that and don't have as many of those experiences anymore. Brian? For me, yeah, I wouldn't have this game not really expecting much or expecting being dragged into this game either. I heard Paul and Will kind of talking about how they were like excited about this game and I was like, okay. Seemed, I'm like, I could take a dive into this and see what it's about. Let's, let's get a podcast going for this. And I came in and I was kind of pleasantly surprised i was I, I definitely liked a lot of the mechanics you know i thought it was kind of cool how you could do the upgrades and you could mix and match the gems i liked the stations i didn't get to play as much of the co-op except for the brief time that me pauline will played it together so i don't really know too much about how um but i could imagine based off what you guys were talking about about the, the kind of chaos playing it as two people uh two human people that said there's it's definitely uh you know it's got it's it, it's little downfalls and you could tell from a small studio where they just kind of it's a it's a short kind of small smallish game in terms of story and overall things that you know like they came up with and i don't know it just seems like it wasn't a it wasn't like a, a you know like a fantastic game uh it wasn't a bad game either it was just kind of a, a nice game to play and i kind of like that in that there's some games they're just like hey i want to play a game and this seemed like that to me I had a lot of difficulties coming to terms with the themes of just anti-love versus love and the... Ah, we're back to this again. <laughs> yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's such a difficult Dude, subject. Dude, give up the color I mean, green. It's okay, man. It is big. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, they, they're really throwing oof. green up against the whole archetype of St. Valentine and just everything that that <laughs> means to society's industrialization of love and how they have this society that's based on love, yet they have weapons. Like, what's the deal with that? And I, I don't know. They it's love just, weapons. I wanted to like this game, but just agreeing with the social commentaries. So is, was love the currency in this game? Like, <laughs> That's a great question. Love was everything. Love is all around us. No, bunnies are currency. <laughs> After hearing Holly's review, I've decided to upgrade my score to 8 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I had a lot of fun with this game. It's a cute game. It's fun. I, I like the... Comp- we keep having 
stumbling over our cooperative competitive but it is kind of like a, a cooperatively competitive game like you do get a little bit of anger when somebody doesn't do what you want to do and that's where the fun balance is that's why it's not for everybody to play together if like i wouldn't suggest you play this game with your girlfriend if she's gonna get mad at you yelling at her but if you guys are cool with that a little bit of that it can be fun you know so uh, I'm, I'm having a good time with it i totally plan on finishing it i think i would i would give this game a seven I wanted this game to be this awesome multiplayer experience and got a little bit out of out of it, but I think, like we mentioned, it was kind of missing the real keys for it to, to be a, an awesome multiplayer thing. Who are you grouping in? Why'd you say we? I don't agree with you. <laughs> Sorry, I meant me and Polly. Dis- oh, oh, okay. Two is we. I should clarify, because nobody <laughs> else can hear me. Uh, like, it was just missing some of the finer tools to make that co-op experience work really well and maybe you guys just had the better language to deal deal with it or whatever the case was but i felt like that was missing for what we were better lovers better lovers my lover was drunk so you know (laughs) it says a lot though like in all seriousness if you're not gonna like communicate in this game it's not gonna be fun for you for competitive or for cooperative games (laughs) God, we all have such issues with that. That's not even true. I didn't communicate at all, and that's what kind of made it sort of, I don't know about fun, but... Kind of made it special. Yeah. Uh, It was just able to feed off of it. You have a relationship with Craig where you can play games without talking. Like, that's the thing. That's true. Feed off of it or beat off of it? Whoa. I'm pretty sure you said beat. No, feed. Sorry, I had to steal your point there. Like Like a horse trough? nom nom. Oh, okay, cool. Like nom nom galaxy. Yeah. That sounded like something different. So what I wanted was a co-op game, and what I ended up doing with this... Oh, I was just thinking of the grapefruit technique. <laughs> ah, sorry. Will, do you follow kind of funny? <laughs> Please Google the grapefruit technique as soon as we're done with this, and watch it all in a room together. Or just watch the kind of funny version. Yeah. So what I wanted from this game was a co-op experience, and what I ended up actually getting from this game was me playing most of the, uh, like, 90% of the game by myself, and so I didn't God, feel like I old. got what I wanted. Yeah. At the end of the day, it just kind of... I wasn't bowled over. It felt like a six to me. This brings us to the end of another awesome episode of the Emotive Pixels podcast. If you want more from us, you can find us on iTunes and at our webpage, www.emotivepixelspodcast.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash emotivepixels, or follow us on Twitter at emotivepixels. And as always, keep Keep on playing. playing!